Hi everyone, I wanted to talk to you today about dealing with nerves at Crown Court. Because how many of us investigators, DCs or civilian investigators, whoever you are, PCs, when we go to Crown Court, we feel like we're on a bit on show, don't we? And we don't, everyone thinks that we're really confident, but often we are bricking it and that fear kicks in and often we don't know how to deal with that. And what happens is then we dread the next time next time and the next time and it just feels awful <clears throat> so i want to share with you because i was at court yes at the time of recording this i was at court yesterday and actually someone else is the officer in the case uh, but i've been tutoring them and i've had quite a lot of involvement in the case so i thought i'll just go along and just see how it's going for an hour or two and i went along and i thought i'd just go in as an observer well, that's quite nice i've not really been as an observer at court before always been like officer in the case and I've been to Crown Court a lot of times, but it's funny how you still get those nerves. And I got suddenly asked about something and they said, oh, can you explain? And it was about um, the data attached to a photograph, what we call the EXIF data. And I felt this immediate fear. They were like, they're going to get me in the box. They wanted me to get in the box and explain all about it. And I didn't really think I was necessarily the person for that, um, but that was beside the point. Was The point was the fear kicked in. Now, what happens is, what I used to think is that something had gone wrong when I was feeling the fear. And I used to do one or two things. I used to fight against it, think I shouldn't feel fear. I think there'd be one day when I didn't feel it. So I'd be sort of struggling against it, or I'd go with it. So this story that this fearful story that I was going to get something wrong, I was going to miss something, I was going to make myself look stupid. I'd sort of buy into that and then I'd feel even worse. But I found another way, and this is what I help people deal with, because when you get the separation that is not the court that makes you feel the fear, the fear comes from the brain's anticipation of the future danger, which in this instance is getting something wrong, so failing, um, and the fear of being stood there and humiliation, embarrassment. That's what our brain fears, because in our primitive days, when we're in a tribe, if we felt humiliation or embarrassment or shame, it meant that we were going to be outside the tribe. Of course, now it just means that we experience this feeling. <clears throat> but what I do now, I just acknowledge it and I don't acknowledge it as in like, I'm feeling, I don't sort of label it, I'm feeling this. What I do is I approach it with real curiosity and compassion. And I tell myself, I'm experiencing fear. And, and, and the first thing really is understanding where it comes from. And I've done a lot of this work on myself, so I know where it comes from. It comes from this thought of, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to look stupid. But it doesn't mean that that thought's not going to come up. Of course, my brain's going to do that because it's, it's constantly, the brain's constantly going to the future and try and predict the future. Often it's wrong, but that's what it does. And when it predicts this thing that could cause some sort of harm or embarrassment and shame, it's going to come back and warn you. And it creates fear, often in this in sensation of anxiety or worry. But just acknowledging it, for me, taking these steps and going, I'm experiencing fear. So my body is experiencing fear and actually knowing what that feels like. All that means is my heart beats faster. I have a tightness in my stomach and that comes up in my chest and I feel this tightness in my throat. That's fear. I'm experiencing it.
And I know why I'm experiencing it because my brain's anticipated the future danger. Everything's normal. What you find is, is not that then you're trying to get away, trying to get it away. Because if you add resistance to it and you try to push it away, like, oh, I want to fight this. This fear is fighting back. Your brain's going, no, no, no. I'm telling you there's a danger in the future. I'm telling you there is something to worry about. And you're going, no, no, no. And you're, and you're not acknowledging it. You're just, you're just trying to escape it and push the fear away. But by acknowledging it, it's almost like your brain goes, okay, I've been heard. And, it, and it's just there, but it's not like this big, loud, screaming voice. If you think of it like um, like a, a dog barking, the door, the doorbell, someone knocks at the door, the dog's barking, thinks it's a burglar or something bad. And actually, you have to reassure that dog. That dog's always going to bark. You could think, oh, I wish it didn't do it, but it's always going to bark. 99% of the time, it's not a burglar. As hope 100% of the time, it's not. But the dog doesn't know. And that is what this primitive part of our brain is like. This fear is normal. We have to normalize it. This is the stress response. You don't have to avoid it. We just have to learn how to deal with it. And when you acknowledge it and you go, right, okay, this is, I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing fear in my body. I think that's a great thing to say. I'm experiencing fear in my body or experience anxiety, whatever it is for you. And then just acknowledging and going, okay, and that's normal, that's okay. And then the next stage is then watching yourself in the moment. So then what I do is I would see myself working on the job, but fo then focus on the problem and my mind to be off onto something else. It start flitting from one thing to another. So then in those moments, because we're going at it with curiosity and compassion, you just go, you notice it. Noticing is always the first stage, bring it back. And realize it's very normal for your brain to whip off and fly off and suddenly be into the future worrying about stuff or we'll go and look at something else. It's very normal. But we can just then redirect it and bring it back. And you might, when you first do this, you might have to do it a lot. And sometimes you might feel, oh, I'm just I'm doing this all the time. But the more you do it, the more control you get. And so then we realize everything's normal, everything, nothing's gone wrong with us. Um, this is this fear we don't have to escape. It's just an alarm bell from the future. Um, our brain's detected a potential fear, but actually we know, you know, if we know we can handle that fear, that's okay. And we're then just watching and noticing ourselves. And another great tip is to play out the worst case scenario because your brain's... Um, warning you of a future danger well let's play that out what is that future danger so for me the future danger was that i stood in the box and they start asking me about exif data and which i haven't got i got basic knowledge but not a lot and i'd start sort of explaining sort of getting tied into something that i didn't know a lot about and be made to look stupid okay well suddenly i go well i can actually negate that and we did that by playing out that worst case scenario rather than just worrying and worrying about it. I said, actually, I think someone else needs to, I can explain this. I can explain what I've seen and what I've been told and how I've interpreted it. But if you want a deeper knowledge, you've got to go and get the person from the high tech crime unit. And that's the conversation I had. And when you play out the worst case scenario, what you realize is the worst is maybe you forget something, maybe you get challenged and you experience a bit of embarrassment. But even that, when you play it, they go, this, just play that worst case scenario out and see what that's like. And suddenly you go, well, that's not too bad. And even though it feels un uncomfortable, can I handle that? And what you find is when you can handle the worst case scenario, 
what happens is when the fear comes up, because the fear will come up because you're human, you're normal. When that fear comes up, you just go, it's okay because I've got it. I can handle it. And this is the difference between intentional thinking and positive thinking. Positive thinking going, yeah, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm going to, oh, I'm just going to breeze through this. But we don't believe that. And so if you don't believe it, it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to stick. Whereas intentional thinking is more like, I can handle that. Yeah, I might forget what I'm going to say. I might stumble on my words and people might have judgment over me. But I got that. I can handle it. And it quietens that inner voice. It quietens that voice of fear. And then once you've got all this awareness, what is really key then is the body. So if you're nervous and you're walking into court and you're like, and like, because you just watch yourself and you're sort of like, oh, oh, sort of looking around, really nervous, um, hands shaking, and that's all normal. But if, and you might find yourself hunching over and, and withdrawing and shrinking and making yourself look smaller, because that's what we do. When we fear embarrassment, what do we do? We hide. When we feel shame, then we hide. Because that's when you look at it, I was like looking at what's the evolutionary advantage of this. Well, if we're feeling embarrassed and that, we want to hide away. We made ourselves smaller so we won't be noticed. So we won't be noticed by our tribe. And you think, well, that makes perfect sense. But in, and in those situations, it's good. In this situation, it's going to make it even worse. So that's when we use our body. So we stand. And what I did, I, as I walk into court, so I thought just knock my mic off then. As we walk into court, I sort of stand and I think, how would a confident person walk in? And you change, you notice how when you hold yourself, you put your chest out, you stand up straight and you walk in with absolute purpose, thinking I've got this, I'm going to do this. And you waltz in that room and you literally own it and command that room. And you tell you, and your body then speaks to your brain, because what happens is we have these thoughts from the fear of the fear, which creates feelings, which affects our actions. So we have these thoughts. Our brain's triggering it off to start with to go, oh, we're going to look stupid. We're going to forget something. We're going to get it wrong. And then suddenly we feel anxious and that, and then we hide away and we sort of shrink away. And then, of course, the body, the brain is monitoring the body all the time. So then it's going, well, now we're shrinking away and hiding. So it creates even more thoughts. And this cycle just goes. But we can break that cycle by going, suddenly standing confidently. Think of how would someone who's confident have been to court loads of times. A lot of people go, wow, I, you know, this is sounds a bit false and sounds like you'd be a bit arrogant. It's, it's not arrogance at all. This is just being able to acknowledge that you're feeling nervous, but holding yourself in a way that tells your brain that actually we've got this. That's the big difference. And then what you find is a complete shift. It's almost like that part of your brain that is so worried and scared of the future quietens because it almost goes like, oh, you have got it. Because you're telling your brain by how you're holding your body. And I've used this with lots of things. I use it in court. I use it when I go through the door to arrest someone. When I go through a door to arrest someone, I go, you know, I'm feeling nervous. Why? Because my brain's thinking, I might get my head kicked in. And you think, well, that's a really legitimate fear. So I acknowledge it, notice it, and just become aware of how I'm acting at the moment. And then I start holding myself like I would be if I was confident. And suddenly that the, it just gets clarity in the mind and you get through. When those nerves come up, you can handle them. And that's really key. And 
I'm just that bit out the playing out the worst case scenario. It's really, really useful. But there's things that we can do before a lot of the mind work and the thought work to find out why we're nervous. But it doesn't mean that when they're not going to feel nervous in the moment. And this is what often people struggle with. They go, but I still feel nervous. I still feel scared and all this as if they shouldn't be. But when you go, yes, you do. Because your brain is producing fearful thoughts and that's normal. But now we can use these sort of strategies to get us through it. And what happens is when you then get through this experience with this awareness, suddenly you realize it wasn't that bad. So the next time the fear comes up, you're like, it was okay last time because now you've got experience. And then you do it again. You've got more experience. So then you've got this capability. You've got capable because you've got the experience. And then what comes? Confidence. Confidence comes at the end. It's the byproduct. People want to be confident first, but you're going to feel nerves. You're nervous. You're not going to confidence when you don't feel the nerves. Confidence is once you've done it over and over again. If you went to court every day <clears throat> for a year, suddenly you'd be like, well, I don't even really feel nervous anymore. That's, but that's the byproduct. Be, to be able to do it, we need self-confidence. And the self-confidence is that willingness to feel the fear, understand where it comes from, have our own back, and just move forward anyway. And the tips that I've just shared with you will help you do that. And suddenly... Because you don't fear the fear, you'll be very self-confident and you will then, the byproduct of that is you'll be such a confident person. And I share this with you because I think people think that experienced detectives, I've been in the job now 16 years and been a detective for, it's going to be 10 years this year. Just, yeah, yeah, just over 10 years it's been. And people think, well, you don't feel nervous. You don't feel fear. Yeah, I do. I never used to admit it. I used to tell people I didn't. And then I sort of realized, well, that's ridiculous because then this person is coming up behind me who feels fear and is nervous and now thinking something's wrong with them, especially when their fear doesn't go and, you know, it is still there. But now I go, actually, my ability to move forward and progress is not trying to get rid of the fear. It's my capability of being able to handle the fear. And that is the key. Nothing's gone wrong. And it's very easy sat here talking about it in the moment. Sometimes it's a challenge. But it's what builds us as a person, it's what builds us, it's what builds our self-confidence, it's what builds our resilience. And then suddenly we go, we can handle stuff. So then we stop trying to control the future. We stop trying, we stop people pleasing. We stop trying to do, control everything that's out of our control because we know that we can handle what comes up. And it's really quite a nice way to approach it. Because when I go to court now, whereas I spend ages worrying, trying to second guess every single problem, and obviously we want to try and plug any gaps that are obvious gaps but i also realize from my experience of going to court that there's always a problem i haven't predicted so the things i think are problems are never problems the things i think are going to happen but then what happens is another low baller gets thrown in and often i think well it's because I, oh, I didn't worry about that i need to worry about find something else to worry about but what i realize is that always happens but my ability to be able to solve the problem as it comes up is more beneficial. And if I'm worrying and stressed and anxious and I'm feeling um, knackered from the start because of all this worry, I'm not able to deal with the problem. Because when you know I'll deal with it when it comes up, and what we had was we had lot, we had issues as you do when, at the start of the trial, but we just bump, bump, bump moving through it. Not without nerves though. All of it, the brain wanted to start going, oh, it's going to be bad. But learning to manage that and handle it and actually love that side of you 
and not have it hold you back is the key. And as always, if you need help with this, if you are someone that struggles at court, maybe you're avoiding court, maybe you're sort of not turning up at all the things you don't have to you don't have to turn up at because you're nervous of looking stupid and forgetting something and you're thinking you're not experienced enough and you want help with this so you are that confident experienced officer that can go to court hold your own and stand up in the box and speak quite confidently about what you've done without worrying about it for weeks in advance and then beating yourself up for weeks in advance in weeks after then get in touch hopefully what i share with you now will help you will move you through and get you through there but there for me there is nothing like having someone coach you through it because basically it's like two people in one brain it's never me telling you what to do it's about going can you see what's going on here can you see what the real issue is and give you the tools to be able to help you deal with that fear and not let it hold you back and that's the real key to success for me so I hope that helps and I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye.